So, guys, um, welcome to ep- episode three of the Gamerish podcast. Today, I'm joined by Big E and D, aka Demir. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Destruction, as he's called on PlayStation Network. I don't know if you have another announcement <clears throat> in that shit. Uh, nah, you can call me whatever. <laughs> All right, whatever. so. Because, <laughs> It's been a while since 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 we've gotten together on um, done a pod. Sorry guys, um, we had some difficulties. You know, shit happens in life, but here we are again. So let's get to it. We have some old news, some new news. You know, so let me start with some of the old shit first. First, um, EA confirmed that Star Wars, um, Jedi Fallen Soldier, and New Titanfall is coming fall of this year. I don't know how much I believe it. But um, did you guys hear about this? Uh, I didn't hear yes. anything about it, but uh, I don't trust anything EA says or ever will say. So uh, that's going to have to be a big no from me, Chief. <laughs> so, I don't know. <laughs> when it comes to Star Wars, I heard that the storyline might be um, about one of the young Jedi that survived the purge of Revenge of the Sith. And... Um, does that sound interesting to you, E? Because you're the big Star Wars guy, and I think Revenge of the Sith is a Star Wars movie I never watched. Um, no, I can hear the fanboys in the background like, the fuck, you mean you never watched Revenge of the Sith? You know, but you've yeah, never, you've never read Watchmen, so I'm not surprised <laughs> you haven't watched. Well, Demir, if you don't know, previously we recorded about Umbrella Academy, which I'm sure you've watched and loved yourself. Am yeah, I, I watched it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I, bit, I binge-watched Umbrella Academy. I thought it was all right. Uh, my yeah, favorite yeah, part yeah. of Umbrella Academy is all the articles that came out afterwards that were, uh, who is Gerard Way, the creator yeah. of Umbrella Academy? <laughs> I and, know. Uh, no, how dare you disrespect my my boy did not lead everyone to the black parade just to be called who is Gerard Way. Yeah. <laughs> I know, right? I was like, wow. We should have so yo, we should have done that review with Demir. <laughs> From now on, we will try and include Demir in everything we do before we do it. All Every right. single thing. We will do our best. So um, um also, you know Yeah, what? no, oh, it doesn't it doesn't really interest me because it just feels like, you know. They're scraping the bottom of the barrel for these uh, storylines. That is true. They're finding stories out there. Even though there's a lot of stories I've read that I wish somebody would make a TV adaptation for. I know this goes beside the the topic of what we started to show on. But like like the Dead Days series, I know it's from overseas, but I really believe it'll be a way better story than The Walking Dead. You know? mm. And all I, you guys should look it up. Dead Days by um oh god damn something i can't even remember the artist's name i'll get it mm-hmm. next time but um yeah so you know what i wanted i made a mistake um i wanted to start off with all the free games and stuff and game announcements that came for march and shit like that i think that's how i should start most of these podcasts off now because um yeah, people really want to hear about games. So, you know, let, let's start with this. Uh, we got the Xbox March games, free games for those games with gold. Um, We're going to get Adventure Time, Pirates of the Enchiridon, whatever that is. Enchiridion. Um, uh, oh, thank you. See, this is why I enjoyed uh, I, I <laughs> enjoy this, you know, for shit like this. You know, um, Plants vs. Zombies 2. 
you know, which I guess is past its prime at this point in time, but I'm pretty sure there'll be an audience for it. Um, Star Wars Republic Commando, which I still think is the best Star Wars game ever made after Knights of the Old Republic. All right, all right. What are you going to tell me, Force Unleashed? Absolutely not. The best Star Wars game of all time is Star Wars Battlefront 2 from 2005. Let's get that shit correct. <laughs> so. Star Wars Battlefront 2 from 2005 and then Rogue Squadron. Those are the two best Star Wars games of all time. Okay, Rogue Squadron was 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 great. Okay, damn, Battlefront. Okay, I can't even fucking argue with Battlefront. Rogue mm-hmm. Squadron, I will concede and say I'd never played it. I know it was GameCube, right? Rogue Squadron? No, yeah, I'm pretty, I'm, game- no Rogue Squadron was PS2. That's PS2. Oh, shit. Yeah. Saw, so what did GameCube have? I know GameCube had a Star Wars game, if I'm right. I don't know, or maybe I'm, I'm wrong and it was N64. But, um, yeah, I could have I sworn Rogue Squadron was on some damn GameCube shit. But whatever. I'm, I'm getting beside the point. And last but not least, though, Metal Gear Rising Revengeance. And, Ooh. um... Which is good because I never finished it, so I'm glad that I could play. Even though I'd rather play it on a PlayStation controller, mm. um, yeah. But Metal Gear Solid, oh, Metal That's Gear a, Solid, yeah, I go again. Metal Gear uh, Rising is a is a very good game to just turn off your brain and play. I mean, because yeah. it goes against, it goes against the entire formula of what Metal Gear exactly. Solid is, and it's good. It's a good game to just sit down and play. I play for the cutscenes mainly, just to just to see what's going on in the cutscene. And since a segue, let me segue real quick. Get off topic. Um, they came had an article announced today uh, that came out today. I know we've probably seen that I posted it about um, Days Gone is going to have what is it? Was it six up to six hours of cutscenes? They said was it? I'm right. Six or nine is six, right? Yeah. I thought it was six. Yeah, yeah, so six hours of cutscenes worth, worth of cutscenes to the game. And I'm, I'm thinking they probably, maybe that's part of the reason why it was delayed so long. Maybe they felt we needed more content in there to maybe um, flesh out their characters and shit like that. I'm pretty sure some people are going to hate it. Some people like me are going to love it because I like it when I can eat and play a game because it has a bunch of cutscenes and I can watch them while I'm eating. Mm-hmm. You know, so, so I'm hoping it... it, it works out for the best. I still think the game's going to be good. The hype for me is down, but I think it's going to be a good game. I know. I uh I real it's it's kind of hard to say uh how games are if they're going to be good or not now because if you look at how the quote-unquote AAA game industry is working, they're all switching over to live service games where release the game and yeah, tell see how publishers public no not even see how people tell publishers tell themselves just release the game now we'll release a day one 40 gig patch that'll maybe fix anything but these games are coming to a point where it's just it's released as unfinished product just to reach market and i don't know man i'm all for a game being delayed if it's to make sure it's good because it's yes. just getting it's getting real annoying with uh everything coming out and it's just not working I, like the best example would be anthem anthem is yeah, hot go, yeah. garbage that stop, game stop, is hot stop. trash no how do you, i thought it was gonna be hot no. trash I how do you release how do you release 
a looter shooter that provides you with no loot. That that alone, that basis alone, should have caused the game to be delayed at least three months. The what, fact what that the mean? genre of your game doesn't provide what it's supposed to provide. Well, when did you buy it? You just recently got Anthem, right? Me? I did not touch that. I saved my poor. I saved my poor debit card. The... So, so where where do your thoughts come from? Let let me know because if you haven't played. Like I told people, you haven't played it, then you don't really know what you're talking about. I understand when it comes to when it first released, and it's one of its many release dates. For those of us who have origins to EA access, yes, the stupidest decision they made was releasing a game that wasn't finished, and then telling all of us who got quote-unquote early access that hey you guys aren't going to get the day one patch until the rest until the rest of the world gets to play so it left all these people out there to shit on anthem and shit on all the bad mechanics and all the stuff and they are patching it up too they're fixing a lot of shit i'm loving it i'll tell you right straight up i thought the game was gonna be shit remember on the award show i said this game was gonna be shit and and then now that it's out, it started off as shit, but now I love the fuck out of this game. See, but, but that's the that's the thing though. And the whole release the game and patch everything later is solely because everyone saw how bad Destiny Two was when it came out, and it took Destiny a couple Destiny Two a couple years until Forsaken King, I think it was uh, the Forsaken whatever that came out, and it fixed the entire game. But it took years to get there. You can't justify a, putting a $65 price tag on a game that has $20 worth of uh, gameplay. You can't. And then you can't introduce your 90-day roadmap DLC to tell you, hey, if you keep playing the game, we promise you 90 days from now when the actual full content of everything that was supposed to be in it is out, that at that point, three months later, your game is going to be worth the purchase that you made. It you can't. It doesn't. It doesn't justify buying the game when it comes out and making an excuse that, oh, everything will be patched later. When you were growing up and you bought a game, it was either good or bad. It couldn't be patched. You couldn't patch a PS One game. You couldn't patch a, a GameCube game. You couldn't patch a PlayStation Two game. You bought it, and either you liked it or you hated it. You're There's, right. It's the effect of rising times. But that's. That's off top. That we could talk about that another day. You, we have a whole, a whole thing. <laughs> no, we're probably gonna get back to that because it is one of the topics we're gonna talk. It's probably gonna coincide with, um, with one of the topics we're gonna talk about later on in the show. So we'll, we'll definitely get back to that. Could have a lot to say on that. So, um, what? Let's get back to what we were talking about though. PlayStation free games now for the month. We're only getting two, but it's good. Ones that people won't complain about. They're getting The Witness and Call of Duty Modern Warfare Remastered, which I'm kind of happy about that. They didn't buy it because I'm like, I'm not buying this game just for multiplayer. I actually only care about the story, but I won't buy a game again just for a story that I beat already unless it's Metal Gear. You know? <laughs> and then, um, other than that, um, okay, let's get to the games that are releasing this month. Some are already out. Real um, quick. You guys- uh, sorry, to, sorry to interrupt. The whole... I'm surprised you didn't want to – you didn't bring the fact that if there's only two games that are going to be on uh, PlayStation Plus now, it's because they're stopping uh, the free game service for the PlayStation 3 uh, PS Vita, which I think is fine 
but I think they need to bump it up to four free games for the PS4 then. You think so? I think they're trying not to do that because they want more people to subscribe to PlayStation Now. I think that's probably their their whole reasoning for that, if I had to guess. Probably, and it probably has to also uh, play into the fact that I think maybe last week, uh, Japan finally stopped production of the PS Vita, which is surprising that they kept it up that that long. But but that they care more than we did. Maybe uh, maybe four is too much, but they should at least offer three free games. Then, if you're going to stop providing the free monthly games for the PS3 and the PS Vita. Mm-hmm. You're right, but I think well, as long as they give us high quality game, like say if next month our two free games are something like you know one, let's see, we get us a third party game that's good, you know, like something like let's say the third party game is something fun that we all enjoy, like Towerfall. Remember when we mm-hmm. had so much fun playing Towerfall, mm-hmm. and then um the main game ended up being The Witcher Three. Mm-hmm. I don't think anyone's going to complain as long as the quality of game you're giving us is um, it's, it's momentous, you know, that'll make us forget that we're losing out on two other games. I guess, yeah. It can go either way. Yeah. But we'll see what happens. We'll see what happens in April. You know, um, over there, said, Eric, you have anything to say? Um, about the, the PS Now, because they are really promoting the shit out of that. Mm-hmm. And they keep adding more and more games, so that makes more sense. It makes sense what you were saying. Yeah, and shoot, damn, this is everything we're saying now kind of segues into shit I want to talk about later on. So I'm gonna try and hold on to it before I, before I get into that discussion too. But um, to end off what we're getting in March, let's talk about our new releases. I'm I didn't get every single thing. I just got the games that I feel people actually care about. Or actually might have, you know, good sales this month. So, one, Kirby's Epic Yarn for the 3DS. That's last. I, I say that's the, the least biggest game coming out because that game's been out already. I believe it came out on the Switch, right? So, um, and we're going to get um, Tropical 6. Um, MLB The Show 2019. E, I know that's probably going to be the only sports game you buy this year, right? No. Yeah, definitely. I know you love the road to the show mode. Do. Uh, mm-hmm. We got something to say? No, no, no. Just. All right. Um, we got um, Black Desert, which is a MMO, which is actually a re-release from a PC game on Xbox One, which I did pay for early access to already. Started playing it. It came out today. Um, I guess I'll probably do a drink in a game about that, but um, I, I, I like it. I can't really complain too much about it. It has a lot of Final Fantasy feel to it, but I guess I'll get more into that another time. Um, I say Dead or Alive 6 came out, well, yes, was it today or yesterday? Um, I, th- I think it was uh, yesterday, if I'm remembering correctly. Yeah, and if you're our fighting game expert, what do you think about the $93 season pass? So here's the here's the thing: the $93 season pass. It's two things. One, if you look at it of what it gives, it's for sure not worth uh the $92, $93 price on it. But if you take a look at uh, bikinis, but here's the thing, right? So. If you look at what Dead or Alive 6 actually 
has with it right now. The game, uh, on a technical standpoint, is a lot of fun. Super in-depth uh, tutorial to teach you every mechanic of the game. And it maybe visually doesn't look as like better than 5, but as, on a fighting game level, it looks a lot of fun. Uh, but nothing in the game really makes it stand out. There's no online other than ranked. The whole way to get costumes in the game makes absolutely no sense because uh, there's something you get something called costume points, but it doesn't even correlate to the character that you're playing because when you reach X amount of points, you get a random costume for a random character. There's no, yeah. there's no uh, benefit of completing uh, story mode. You don't unlock anything. And it shouldn't come as a surprise because take Dead or Alive 5 last round. At the end of its lifespan, if you were to go on Steam and buy all the DLC for that game, you were spending $1,300. All the DLC, if you were to buy Dead or Alive 5, would cost you $1,300. And almost all of it was just cosmetic costume packs. And they kept, <laughs> they kept, pump- no, they kept pumping them out because they knew people would buy it. Dead or Alive has the reputation of the whole of being that just basically that debauchery of it, but it lit it you the the game accepts it, and that's what it is. Like if you watch the evil uh, stream reveal of Dead or Alive Six, it got cut short because they the guy who produces the game was just showing it off, and he didn't care, and they had to apologize on stream for what was shown. When when you think about it is no different than a fatality in Mortal Kombat. And the whole running joke online was that it went against uh, the quote-unquote core values of the stream, which is an absolute joke, because at that point, you might as well just censor everything. Yeah, exactly. We live in this soft fucking world. But um, believe it or not, at one point in time, Dead or Alive used to be my favorite fighting game of all time. And then... um, out of nowhere, it just like fell off to me because I felt like they were just trying to just show off the women. I'm pretty sure it's still a fun fighting game, but then it just came it became a game about boobies all the time, especially when they came out with that beach volleyball game that we all try yeah. to forget about, you know. But I want to try this. I will try this game, but I will, there's no way in hell would a Dead or Alive game ever get me to spend money on some type of DLC. No, yeah. Dead or Alive Six is the kind of game you wait a year for when they release a version that has all the DLC already. Mm-hmm. Definitely. But um, other than that, um, I say the next big game would be The Division Two, which um, I wasn't too excited for initially. But this is the, one of those games in which the beta actually worked out for me. Where I actually do like the game. Um, if you haven't pre if you are getting the standard edition, it releases next week Friday on the fifteenth. If you've got a gold or ultimate edition, you get it on the twelfth, day after my birthday. You know, and that's so I, I definitely went and got gold edition since I had some GameStop gift cards to waste. You know, so that should be all right. Um, I don't think you guys played the division, right? Played uh, the first one. Yeah, I did play. I played the first one as well. And uh, you guys didn't dip into the open beta this weekend. That doesn't no. matter. Mm. Oh, you no. should have. 
Should have I was uh, I was kind of I was iffy on the division two because I, the first like two months of the first one, I thought the game was great, and then it I stopped. Off. Yeah, it dropped. Yeah, it dropped off really quick. Until then, they released that DLC, that story based DLC where uh, I forget what what it was called, but you had to do everything from manage your uh, like how hot and cold you were, and it made it super immersive, and that was a lot of fun. But the base game as a whole, I didn't think was going to last, especially like two months later when no one played it. And if you did play it, everyone just roamed the dark zone and were already super overpowered compared to yep. you. That's all it became. I honestly, by the time the DLC came out, I gave up on the game already. I had already traded it in. I'm like, all right, beat it. I don't see any reason to get back to it. So, but I still have friends that I've seen playing part one for you. Well, since part one came out all the way till this part two, I finally saw him turn off his part one and play the part two beta. So mm. if you're listening to this, my man, congratulations on finally playing something new. You know, um, so other than that, we got DMC5. For those who don't know what DMC stands for, it's Devil May Cry 5. Um, should be exciting for a lot of people. Um, Devil May Cry is a game that I play for cutscenes. I don't ever play it because I like the action or anything. I think it's too repetitive. I I know there's a lot of combos and stuff like that. People are going to hate me for saying this, but just not my thing. I don't play a game where you shoot things and go places and it has these invisible walls to stay in one place. Like I feel we're past the invisible wall stages of our lives and that really pisses me off about Devil May Cry that I'm stuck in an area and I have to kill these things. You know, we're in a time and place where open world is the way to go with a lot of games. And I know for them to switch it up might kill their core fans' thoughts about the game, but I, I really wish Devil May Cry would open up more if I could just kill what I want, level up when I want, but still get to see these awesome cutscenes. I don't know if you I, uh, I, I haven't... Uh played a devil may cry game since the very first one but i also understand the uh the love for the series because i have a lot of friends who love the devil may cry games and everything about them uh it'll be interesting to see how the game sells because i think if you're looking at march and everything coming out it's kind of falling very similar to how february looked where a lot of stuff released real close to each other like Mm -hmm. Apex Apex Legends and Anthem, both published by EA. One's doing really good, one not so good. Uh, Crackdown 3, which was super lackluster. And then oh, uh, Ubisoft releasing, uh, what is it, the new Far Cry and Metro Exodus on the same exact day, which is a big no. Yeah, yeah I don't know what made them. I still got Metro, still playing through that. Far Cry, I haven't dabbled. Did you get your Far Cry yet, Eric? No. Yeah. But I'm waiting for him to get it so we could talk about it. Um, Alicia Theory was confirmed right. about um the, judge. the guy. The judge. Yeah, the judge. So I don't know if anybody listening heard about E's theory about the judge, about him being your character you played in Far Cry 5, the mm-hmm. first one. But yeah, that was confirmed. So, um, all right. So with Devil May Cry 5, 
we're also going to get, I think, what's going to be the biggest release of the month. That is Sekiro Shadows Die Twice. I believe that does come out this month, right? Shadows Die. Com- I think it comes out on, I think the, uh, I want to say either the 15th or like the 22nd. I'm not completely sure, but it does come out in March. All right, good. Good. That's a game that looks so damn beautiful. A game I would love to play, and I'm probably going to rent it. I'm not going to buy it because I'm not the type of guy that likes because they put it out there. Like I said, the realm of Bloodborne. Maybe this might be the hard game that tra- that changes my mind on what these um, Dark Soul and Bloodborne games are like, but... In my opinion, I hate them. I hate when they make these games too hard. They don't have no difficulty level on them because, like I say, I'm a story-driven gamer most of the time. And if I have to go through too much shit to continue seeing your story, I will give up. And I will give up quick. I think that that's kind of maybe not contradictory because if you look at Sekiro, it's made by the same people who did Dark Souls and Bloodborne. And there are going to be people who tell you that I mean, everyone's going to tell you something different, but they're going to be everyone who loves the series is going to tell you that they're the whole like get good thing is complete nonsense. By the way, you play the game the way you want to play it and enjoy it how you want to enjoy it. But uh, the whole appeal of Dark Souls and Bloodborne is that the stories in them are, or at least in the first Dark Souls and Dark Souls Two, I think a lot of the story was hidden within uh, item descriptions, and I think that was a super interesting concept because the game kind of left you to your own devices to do whatever you wanted to do. And you formed your story that way. And I think from software did a really good job about that. But I think it's also important to not go into Sekiro thinking that it's going to be another dark souls or your samurai bloodborne, because I think from has tried to say that they don't want people to just think that this is another souls game or another bloodborne that, it's something completely different, which I think can go either way because you're either going to look at it and immediately try to make the comparison or you kind of have to force yourself to go in with a fresh pair of eyes and hope that it's different and hope that the switch to this kind of like action adventure with what seems to be a, a more uh, fleshed out story with I think some cutscenes and stuff like that in there uh, works, but it can go either way. Yeah, I feel from what I've seen so far, I want to play it. Like, when it came to Dark Souls, nothing made me feel like playing that game. When it came to Bloodborne, I wanted to at least try Bloodborne out, but from the get-go, it just didn't strike my interest within the first five minutes, even though I, I hate when people give up on a game that quick. Bloodborne was the first game I think where where it was something that everybody loved and I just gave up on within the first five to ten minutes because I'm like, this is not for me right away. And then um, Sekiro, like I'm looking like, like I love ninjas. Um, I want my way of the samurai lifestyle, you know, like and it, I, I'm going to try it out. You know, I, I don't want to hate on it right away. I will give it a chance. But I'm just hoping that I could play a game with a beautiful story that I could see through and it not challenge me. Like, I don't want to say, because we do want challenge in games, 
but I don't want it to stop me from having fun. You know, like intentionally tell me like, hey, you're never going to make it past this part unless you keep grinding and grinding and grinding, you know, and I have too many games to play to keep grinding and grinding unless I'm playing Anthem right now. Mm-hmm. You know, so, yeah, and that's like our games uh, for March, the releases that we're going to get. So, um, with that said, uh, there's also rumors, though, about Take-Two Interactive and 2K working on an unannounced project. A lot of times, I was going to say, like, it could be, I, we're already seeing all the rumors about freaking Borderlands 3, so I guess it's safe to assume that Borderlands 3 is the next game that we're more than likely getting. But there are people that are also trying to rumor that it could be Dead Space 4. If you guys had to pick between the two, which one would you pick? Oh, between come on. The... You know what I'm going to say. I know, yeah. I know what he's going to pick, but the guys listening to us don't know what you're going to pick. I've talked about this game like so many times already. <laughs> I plan on, I plan on talking about it even more in some future podcast, so you know it's going to be Dead Space 4. All right. What about you, D? Nah, if I had to take, if I had to pick between a new Borderlands and a new Dead Space, I have to go a new Borderlands. Dead Space, I don't think can make a comeback. That's why oh, you're dead to me. Dead, <laughs> nah, Dead Space, I to be, I don't think Dead Space can come back and be the same game that it, the first and the second one were. Because look at look at the uh, look at what Dead Space did. The first game was so so smart for its time it was a legitimately mm-hmm. scary, scary game mm-hmm. yeah. it was a legitimately scary game in an industry where it is really hard to make a good horror game like a mm-hmm. good horror game with legitimate scares the whole way the game was programmed everything from sound design to the way weapons shot to impact everything about that game was made beautifully. The second one made improvements in terms of how fast Isaac could walk and his stomp and stuff like that. But Dead Space, even if you... You can find videos everywhere and articles about it. The only way that Dead Space 3 was going to succeed, and you can read it, is they were saying that it needed to sell 5 million copies. And that was the only way that they would continue making Dead Space games. And Dead Space Three sold, I think, two hundred fifty thousand. Yeah. So no, so nowhere, well. nowhere near what it was projected to be. And that's because when you're trying to get sales numbers, they couldn't stick to the horror genre. They had to make it an action adventure game, which is why Dead Space Three turned into your more cover based third person shooter. Everything about the series disappeared after one and two, and so- then. Oh, go! go sorry, sorry, no, no, no. Go on, go on. We're gonna finish your time. And then, uh, yeah, yeah. And then the only, the only thing that was kind of true to the Dead Space name was surprisingly enough that Wii game, like the I think it was called mm-hmm. Dead Space Extraction. The, yeah. That that game yeah. on the Wii was really good, and it was a Dead Space yeah. game. And it's so mm-hmm. hard, it's so weird to think that the only that the last good Dead Space game was released on the Nintendo Wii of all consoles. But I. I don't think if it is a new Dead Space, I don't think that they need. To, they either need to. It has to be a brand new story. It can't be. No. 
it, it can't be a retelling of the first one because that would no. just ruin the that would even make it even worse right. it has to be something new it's not obviously not going to be if it's dead space it's not a new ip but they have to do something to bring it back to what it to what it uh what it originally was okay but, i i agree yeah oh no i'm i'm basically finished so recently i've talked this with andre before on a podcast recently i just played all three games uh essentially in a row um it took me about um it took me over a month to do it but i played the first one second one third one in a row so it was really neat because it was like a fresh take on the games was back to back to back and Mm -hmm. um three i mean the i always felt the second one was the better of the three because it really improved on the story um, you know, this two was when Isaac started speaking because he didn't speak in the first one and they really fleshed out his character a lot more. And it just really was, like you said, it was, it was definitely a scarier movie, a uh, scarier, uh, uh, game out of the, you know, out of the whole series. And then three just like took a weird turn. Like you said, they changed it to an action adventure. So you, do you think that they changed it into an action adventure because they thought that they would sell more copies okay. that way? Uh, it's it's going to sound very, uh, I guess the best way to put it, it's going to sound very conceited to say this, but that's exactly the reason they switched uh, the whole series to an action adventure. It was to make uh, sales numbers, and they did that, and that's why that 5 million units sold was put as the ultimatum for Dead Space 3. Because you think about it, if you look at the horror genre as a whole, right, what's the one mm-hmm. game that everyone always points to? It's Resident, Resident Evil 4. Evil. It's, Resi- it's Resident Evil 4, was what brought, which, which is what brought back the interest right. in the horror genre. Right. And Dead Space and Visceral Games... Yeah. yeah. And Dead Space and Visceral Games was able to ride that and create Dead Space. And then create Dead Space 2. But at that point, people lose interest in horror real quickly because would you rather spend uh, six hours, let's say, uh, slowly pacing through uh, a ship or anything and getting your occasional jump scare or trying to tell this very immersive story, or are you going to try to keep your attention with the flashing lights, the bullets, the explosions, everything else. So that's why they went with the action-adventure genre with 3, and that's why it failed, because you try to appeal to your core fan base, but by doing so, you either have to stick to your guns or go with something new. And they went with something new, and it didn't work, and unfortunately that was the end of Dead Space and Visceral. Well, the the problem I have with that is, and I'm not saying you're wrong, but Dead Space 2 did so well that it's weird that they would want to do something completely different. Yeah. To try to be better but, than, you know, sell better than 2. To, to say what, to add to what Demir said, I remember after Resident Evil 4, 5 and 6 completely became, like, 5 became an action game and yeah, they had it to co-op the, it. It you flipped know, the script. Yeah. They, yeah. Yeah, no, I, I understand. I understand what you're saying, but the thing is, is you do that, you change the genre. No, but I'm gonna be on at your side at the end of this too. I'm, I'm getting to your okay. point as well, you know. So 
they changed five into an action game. We got the co-op, but then six turned it into an action drama. You know, like this, when I play Resident Evil 6, I said, this is not fucking Resident Evil anymore. And and I think the core fans of Dead Space were like, by three, okay, this is not fucking Dead Space right. anymore. You know, and we had the co-op in it, which completely killed the scariness of Dead Space. Because I remember when me and you were playing, I was telling you like, oh man, I probably wouldn't even play this shit if it wasn't co-op because I wasn't scared right. anymore. And, you know, I, was, I remember telling you all the time, I was not scared anymore because it was a co-op game. And that's you know, that's actually think? that's actually the perfect example. Like bringing up Resident Evil is the perfect example because you look at 4 and then 5, what do people remember that for? They remember it for Chris Redfield punching a boulder. Uh, six was all about these three different stories that you told in terms of the, uh, I think it was, it was Claire and whoever, Chris and whoever, and then like Wesker's son and the girl from the, from Resident Evil 2 that you save when you play Claire's story. But then look what happened. They both were, I mean, I guess you can call them, they were cult successes because there are people who legitimately love those games for the over-the-top cutscenes and the set pieces. But then what did they do? They went back to what, back me- to to what made Resident Evil Resident Evil. And 7 is amazing. Resident yeah, exactly. Evil 7 is a great game. And that, that's the point I'm trying to make, where the only way a new Dead Space, in my opinion, is going to work is if they go back to what made Dead Space 1 and 2 so good. Right. And you're right. That's what they would have to do. And I think that's what they could do. But you're making the point of Resident Evil is that Resident Evil just got so there were just so many Resident Evil games and it oversaturated everything that they peeled it back. and they kind of stripped it down and they made it a little bit different. And that's why you would change a game in a franchise. But Dead Space never never got to that point. It was like two was really good, and then they changed it. Like you usually change a genre for a series if the games don't do well. You know what I mean? Like, like you said, there were so many different Resident Evil games, and then it just got ridiculous, and then they had to pull it back. Dead Space never got to that point. They never. No. Oh, go. I'm sorry. Continue. No, no, that was it. That was it. Oh, I think the here's the here's the thing, right? So. You're clear, uh, like Dre. I'm pretty sure also really loves the Dead Space games. Uh, I like and them. you, I and and you are obviously a big fan of them, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So here's the here's the thing. So you take a you take Dead Space and what what it is, and at its core, it was a I guess you can call it a survival horror game. You played, mm-hmm. uh, you played this guy Isaac. And you take the first one, and the whole game takes place. What I think on, I think it's called the Ishimura, the ship mm-hmm, that he's on. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And the best part about that game is that since Isaac was a silent protagonist, you were able to self-insert yourself into that character. Yeah. And it was it wasn't no longer Isaac Clark on the ship. It was yeah. Dre. It was Eric. It was Demir. It was you on that ship trying to survive. Then with whatever improvements that was made in two. And this is just my opinion. Some of the downsides were, I honestly think giving Isaac a voice in the second one was a very big mistake. Because if you really look at the cutscenes that play in the game, 
Isaac is no longer this engineer trying to survive. He's a grunt that gets bossed around an entire ship, and all he says is, okay, yeah, okay, while he's going basically insane because of uh, the delusions of his uh, girlfriend who died, I think, in the first game, if I'm remembering correctly. Mm-hmm. Then if you look at um, reviews of the game, first one, critically acclaimed, really great. Second one, if you look on an average Metascore or anything, where if it's 1 to 10, 1 out of 100, it lands somewhere around 70 to 80. So it's not – it doesn't get the same uh, score that the original Dead Space does, but it's not exactly a flop. It's kind of in that average rating that games at the time were getting that were good enough to be a sequel, but – does it necessarily warrant a third game being made? And when you get that score of like 80, 85 maybe, people are going to expect the third one. And when you expect the third one, then you have to include more stuff to then become more innovative. And how much more can you add to the survival horror genre before it becomes stale and you become desensitized to it, which is why I think that they went with the action-adventure because at that point you can play with your big set pieces and your you're eye-catching anything, but for Dead Space, it didn't work. So when you try to, if they want to go back to the series, you really kind of have to take a step back and you might have to start a completely clean slate and really go, this is what worked for the first Dead Space. Let's find out why. And you take every factor as to why it worked and you try to now do that for this generation of consoles where you're oversaturated with everything has to have a, a battle royale mode. Everything has to have multiplayer. Copycat league now, man. It's a copycat yeah. league. So unless – and if they decide to do it, I really think they need to bring back Visceral Games, especially the guy who worked on the first and second one because I don't think any other studio could handle it. And – I don't think they need to add a multiplayer. If they really want to do it, keep it a single-player game. People will buy good single-player games. Yes. It doesn't. You don't need multiplayer to warrant uh, anything. If a game has good story, if a game has good single-player, people will buy it and people will enjoy it. But I really think is if they do bring it back out, it's going to be a remaster. I don't see them bringing out a direct sequel without seeing how well people um, clamor to the remaster. Oh, if they do a remaster, I think that would be a, a just remake the very first game yeah. in 4K, Ultra HD, whatever you want to do to make it look good. Just remaster the first game, put it at $40, and it'll fly off the shelves. Yep. Hey, one last thing. The first game, uh, Metacritic, 89 out of 100 for Xbox, 88 out of 100 for PS3. And the second game was 89% for PS3 and 89%. Oh, I'm sorry. Metacritic was 90 out of 100 for 360 and 89 out of 100 for PS3. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, I got my numbers wrong. But, yeah, then you see... When you get those high ratings, it's going to warrant getting another game in the in the series. And unfortunately, it didn't work out for Dead Space because they switched what made them good. Mm-hmm. But yeah, but the numbers don't lie. Like, they don't in the end. All right. Now that we got that all out the system, um, in other news, 
um, this ain't nothing much. Rainbow Six about to release their next season. They're gonna have um some new operators. Uh, this is their their year four lineup, I believe. Um, uh, stuff. So look out for that. I'm not in 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 um you know trying to save some time. I'm not even gonna go through all of that shit. Um, another big topic I would say is um in Pennsylvania. I'm sure you guys heard. A violent video game tax has been proposed, in which instead of paying the regular, uh, was it eight point five percent we pay you on games? I think they said it was going to be a twenty percent um, tax for for violent video games. Anything rated M and up, as if anything really goes higher than M, you know. But um, what do you guys think about that? Uh, Eric, you can go first because I feel like I'm going to talk about that for a good amount. Um, that's bullshit. Done. <laughs> yeah, it, this is the dumbest, yes. dumbest thing. I the the whole argument for violent video games has existed since they the whole reason that they created the ESRB rating system. The violent video game argument is the dumbest thing that has one of the dumbest things that has to do with the industry as a whole. It's 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 it's, it's ridiculous. Yeah. I know it's, it's it's crazy how much we have to watch as, as we have to see articles about how scientists prove that games have no effect on how people think or they don't breed serial killers when um there's millions of us that play fucking video mm-hmm. games a day that mm-hmm. don't you think there'll be millions of killers out there right now like imagine mm-hmm. if all of us banded together and said let's just play Grand Theft Auto on the street like we would have no world right now. You know, we listen, man. Chaos. Listen, man. Gamers are the most oppressed society in all of the world. I don't know what you're talking about. We all need to rise up and uh, just, you know, take over. <laughs> One day, maybe. One day, we are. We're, we're taking all the women now. Women love gamers nowadays. <laughs> so, um, okay. So now that we got that out of the way, I'm glad to give this little tidbit here about the next Call of Duty this year. We're supposed to get a campaign. Which to me, Call of Duty has the best campaigns between that and Battlefield. Like I said all the time, um, I've been so disappointed with Black Ops Four because yes, Blackout was good, but didn't hold my peak. Well, it didn't hold my interest, I should say. Um, and I really just basically gave that game away. So um, glad that Call of Duty will be getting campaigns returning to it. Um, next up, um, I know we've been getting a lot of talk about. Um, Microsoft and them trying to expand their horizons lately. And um, so they're talking about the Xbox Game Pass app coming to Switch. And they men- Phil Spencer mentioned a recent article that he would like to have it everywhere, which most people are hinting, of course, he's talking about getting it on the Xbox. I mean, not Xbox, the PlayStation, which many know more than likely Sony will be the biggest pushers of this not to come on this system plus they got playstation now how would it make them look if they have more subscribers to xbox game pass on their system than they do for their own fucking games but um what do you think if if, if the xbox was to actually get the fucking game pass on the switch just how crazy would this be um i to honestly there's no reason why something like that should be like scoffed at because there's 
exactly. everything nowadays should be, there's no reason crossplay should not be a thing already. And I mean, you mentioned it. The biggest deterrent to it is probably Sony, which they, I don't understand why. Everything should be crossplay. There's really no reason. It's weird to think that one of the few games that pops into my head that actually has crossplay is Street Fighter V, because I know you can play on PS4, but play people who play on the PC. But there's no reason why every game that comes out shouldn't have some form of crossplay in it. It just makes more sense to do it that way. And more people buying the game if they know they could still play with their friends on Xbox or Switch exactly. or the PC. I don't know why Xbox is, is looking at this smart, you know, especially I think from what we're hearing, the rumors that E3, they're going to have like two consoles, presumably, and one of them is going to be about getting things digitally. And if they're moving into the digital age, which the future of games more than likely might be be like yes there it's going to be physical games because i don't believe we'll ever have a world full of people um mentally inept to get the concept of how to download games onto a console for their kids there's always going to be that set of people who still can't figure technology out for some reason even though this is the age we live in now where mostly everything you can get is direct and straight to your hands and shit like that, but if I could just go sit down in my bar and know that I could switch from fucking Super Mario Maker 2 to Halo Infinite on the fly, that's a great move. Uh, even though it won't look as great, might not get it as smoothly as I wanted to, yes, I'll still have my Xbox at home at least, that when I get there, you know, I can play this game the way it's meant to be played, but I won't mind if I could just play my 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 story my story on the switch no, and then go home funny. and finish it uh, uh, <laughs> don't mind the mirrors of oh, little debacle in the background guys you know shit happens. We, all have, we all have lives you know so <laughs> tell your girl i said hi you know um but yeah um the game pass it's a good idea. You know, no complaints here. You know, anything to add? No. Mm-hmm. I guess we uh, nothing for me. <laughs> All right. Um, oh, yeah. Talking about Switch, we also got announced that Resident Evil 0, 1, and 4 are coming to the Switch on May 21st. Um, uh, I don't know why they left out 2 and 3. I'm guessing they haven't the reasoning, even if it's the original stuff, you know. But I guess well, that I think it's uh, I think it's because there's there was a big thing about uh the RE2 remake. Depending on how that sold, they were actually going to do a RE3 remake, which is yeah, amazing. Exactly. Yeah, and I never really played RE3. I couldn't stand to see that nemesis following me around. <laughs> um, I'm renting Resident Evil 2 because I saw this shit with Mr. X, and I'm not going to be playing that game. With that motherfucker chasing me all over the place. Have you nah, played that's... Resident Evil 2 yet? Uh, yeah. I mean, Mr. X is all right, but you have to, you got to play the version where you mod it so that Mr. X actually his model becomes okay. Thomas the Tank Engine. Thomas, yeah, I'd see that video. I would yeah. rather that, even though that would be creepy in a dark hallway if he's just sitting <laughs> there, fucking praying is at the end of the hallway, ready to just freaking ram ram over you that would be insane yeah. yeah um so 
with all that said, I wanted before we end the podcast, I had like two things I wanted us to discuss. Um, one, the first thing, Microsoft, like I said, they claim they're going big at E3 this year. Um, by going big, I'm pretty sure they're talking there. We might get it now, even though some people are now saying that we might not get it till next year, but they're claiming um, they're going big. So they, with Sony not being there, the sky's basically the limit with them this year. So uh, what, what would you want from Microsoft to announce this year? What do you expect and what do you want? I'll get from each of you. So started with E. <laughs> I have no idea. <laughs> I really don't have an answer for this question. Because what did you expect? Be... What was that? No, I was just to say I wanted to get the Maybe I could add to it. Oh, um, all right. Uh, what do I expect that they'll announce? If they do announce anything, it'll probably be. I expect them to announce. Uh, a new console because of the whole rumors of the mm-hmm. PS5 trademark coming out and everything that might be happening with that system, uh, hypothetically. That's the one thing that I think I would expect an announcement from. What I want from Microsoft, uh, I honestly can't say. And it's not that it, being a, a fanboy or anything, it's like I really don't know what Microsoft could do mm-hmm. uh, to really like impress me i guess would be the uh the best way of putting it because every microsoft press conference i ever saw always whittles down to at least from what i see is here's the new fifa here's the new madden here's a here's a model of a race car because we're releasing new a uh, new forza game um i don't know i don't know what microsoft as a whole could do to really uh kind of like impress me because it hasn't happened in the past and I don't think it'll happen recently unless unless if they announce a new system and they go hey literally every game you own from the original Xbox on you can play on this then I'll be like that would probably pique my interest because then that would really that would really uh put everything into gear of all right are we bringing backwards compatibility back that would be the only thing I guess I'm pretty sure, like, the next-gen systems are going to have, like, if it's not, well, PlayStation Now will more than likely continue on the PS5 for you to get your PlayStation 1, 2, and 4 games on it. I'm pretty sure Xbox is going to expand that library of Xbox One and 360 games. I'm pretty sure that is coming. You know, uh, my old thing is, like, I know a lot of people, talk about backwards compatibility i know this goes away from what what i what i said we're supposed to be answering right now but i want to talk about that real quick because my issue with this whole backwards compatibility people bitch and moan about it with every console that come out yes you want to be able to play some of your old game you sell yourself oh i want to go play some of these old games i never finished blah 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 lump of shit to me because i listened to a bunch of my friends talk about it doesn't have backwards compatibility and then when the game then they get these consoles and we got all this backwards compatibility you got game path that has all this stuff on there you got the playstation um um whatever the fuck we just said playstation now that has all the stuff on there that you want to play you had the ps3 the original one that first came out 
and you were able to even Xbox now, you can put your 360 disc in there and play. But do I ever see more than one person on my fucking friends list ever playing nothing more than a game that came out in the last year or so? No, I never see anyone back on their 360 game. We have all this new shit coming out. People talk about wanting to play their old shit. I never see not one of my fucking friends playing an old game. And when I do see one of my friends playing an old game, yes, Eric, you have your days where you do play some of the older games. But I have feeling you have a more of a reasoning, too, because you don't really get into most of the shit that's coming out nowadays. But I see my friends and and the ones that, that... are playing an old game i already know at times they don't have the means really to buy a new game and then um they wait for it to get pre-ordered or be a few years older before they go and buy it i can understand them but those of us who do have the means to buy the new games that come out to play all of this shit even the ones that bitched and moan could i have bunch of friends of that that bitched and moan about this backwards compatibility and i don't see any of them playing any <laughs> old games now. I don't, I see, I just hear people talk. And to me, this is where this whole copycat mentality gets pisses me off. Like, I just want people to be fucking individuals for once, you know, because I feel everyone talks about this shit, but they talk about it because they heard the person next to them talk about it. the person next to them, yap, 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 the loudest. And to me, in this world we live in now, it's the, the group of people that, that bark the loudest are the ones that everyone is going to follow at the moment. So, so with everyone bitching about backwards compatibility, they're all like, oh, we got to make sure we have backwards compatibility. But then when backward compatibility comes out, no one gives a shit about it. Like, you just want to say that you have it. You just want to say that you fucking have it. That's 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 my whole concept. And, like, someone, if you're hearing this and you're hating what I say, please go on our forum on Facebook. Please send us an email. Send me fucking three games in the last three years that you've played all over again that came out in, like, eight to ten years back in the day. Please send me three games and show me proof. If you could send me a picture, a proof of a trophy or something of you getting in that game, please do. Because no one really goes back and plays their old games like that. No one really does. Maybe 10% of people, but out of the 100% that bitches about it, only 10% actually go back and play their old games, you know. And most of the time is because they don't have the means to buy the newer games for the prices that they're set at at the time. You know, but that's just my opinion. You know, you know me when I get heated. You know? Real, real emotional about that. It's almost it is acting like it almost sounds like backwards compatibility killed your family. Like Jesus. <laughs> it's not that it killed the family. It's just that I hate seeing people bitch and moan about something that they're that they don't really want. They just saying it because it's the thing that people are talking about the most. Why don't you talk about? Hey, how about, hey, next gen, you think we could get the graphics the way that PC has them? Or, hey, maybe um, are we going to be able to upgrade our graphic chips the way we're able to on PC to make sure the future games that come out look even better and things like that? Or are we going to have 
um, continued support for our games more than you guys do? Or can we get rid of patches? You know, why don't we talk about the important stuff that affects our games of today and stop worrying about the games of yesterday? Because the more they see games of yesterday, then not only will we not get sequels, we'll just continue to keep getting remasters all the time. Because, and, and if you cared so much about the past, we wouldn't need remasters, you know? Because... You wanted to play it on backwards compatibility. You know? So, yeah, that's that's all I have to say about it. Damn. But, damn, that's know. crazy. That's crazy because, uh, yo, so Eric, what do you need from Microsoft, right? What are you looking for? <laughs> so, yes, yes. All right. So now my what I feel I need from Microsoft now um well, what I think they're going to do, of course, is show off the next-gen console. Yes, they're going to show off another fucking Forza. They're going to show off Gears of War 5. And they're going to hope that more people subscribe to the... I think this is a year of next-gen and Game Pass. I think they're going to do something crazy to push that Game Pass. And I think they're going to really... Because even an article came out today that Game Pass on the Switch could be years away. But I think they might really push for Nintendo to get them that Game Pass on the Switch by E3. So that way, like, imagine if they that shit shadow drops on E3. And, and I know what they're like. You could get Game Pass on your Switch right now. How much people would subscribe to that shit? You know, a lot of people would subscribe. And it's all about the money. You follow the money. So whatever's going to make them the most money, they're going to do. I also think they're going to announce um, that Halo Infinite is going to be on next-gen consoles, even though they promised us that it was going to be on the current gen. But shit changes, and whoever's at the top of the chain is going to want more money, which means put it on Halo in the best way, showing it off in the best way possible, which will be showing off Halo on the next gen. And if we're lucky, we'll get to see some more of the next Elder Scrolls. Yes. Sorry for going a little dark there, guys, you know, but Dre has those moments and I didn't even drink. You know. So, um, other than that, so instead of Microsoft, so the final topic before we sign off, I want to talk about so recently, um, we've had these betas for Anthem and Division Two. Um, Anthem one didn't go as expected. Yes, as you spoke about earlier, it was hated on. And then you spoke about how they gave us this all ninety-day layout of what they're gonna do next for the game and all that. Even though a lot of people haven't even beat the game yet, you know, but there's already this plan out. Also, the Division Two did this. They have a beta out, and the beta not only were you able to play a few missions in um, from the main story but they let you play some of the end game before you even beat the game. And, and um, I'm, I'm not feeling this thing that's happening right now. They've, and, oh, yeah, Division 2 has also laid out their plans for their future DLC and stuff, albeit I know they're doing this shit because they want people to have a reason to keep telling you guys that, hey, we're making sure you guys have a reason to keep playing and keep coming back to the game. But at the same time, you're ruining it. You're, you're, for those of us who, who love story, to me, you're ruining the end game. You know, like, I don't want to know. I want to know, okay, tell me there's an end game. There's, you could tell me that there's stuff coming out that's going to keep us playing, but don't show that shit to me in your damn beta phases. You know, don't show it to me before the game comes out because if I play it now 
and say I don't like it, then what's the point of me even getting the game then? Because you already showed me the ending. I know what's coming next. You know, there's no surprise to any of this stuff. So I want to get you guys' thoughts about how do you feel about endgame content for video games being shown off before the games even release? Whoever wants to go first. Tamir? Uh, all right. Um, well, I mean, I said it earlier. Games, and if you take betas like Anthem and The Division, whatever they want to do in the beta is what's going to happen. Like, that can't change. The issue comes when... And you you uh you said it uh you said it perfectly, Dre. When you release a beta, and when you release your quote unquote final product, and it doesn't work, then that's the problem. I could honestly care, and this is where people are gonna have their different opinions on how they play their games, how they enjoy their games. I could care less what you put in a beta, as long as if something doesn't work in the beta, just make sure it's not in your final release. And the idea that you have to put a beta out and, hey, you can experience a couple missions. Look at all these abilities that you're going to be able to unlock in the, in the uh, actual game. Check out this huge open world or semi-linear, linear, whatever you want to call it. Um, and then to release the game and say, hey, remember all that stuff in the beta? Well, that's actually going to be... 45 days from now when we start releasing uh, some DLC, it's not acceptable. It's not something that should be allowed, and unfortunately, it's it's allowed. No one is doing anything about it. You shouldn't have to buy a $65 game and then wait 90 days to get your actual game. And the, the perfect example of this is it's all it's all becoming live service games where just push it out, we'll patch it later. Push it out, we'll patch it later. The per, the best example of this would be recently how horrible Fallout 76 was. And just look at everything that's been happening since that game's release. They banned Bethesda banned the one guy who was thoroughly enjoying the game. He had 900 hours logged into the game and they banned him. They banned him, and he has no way of playing the game again. They took the one guy who somehow was able to find 900 hours worth of fun in that garbage, dog shit game and said, you know what? You're not allowed to play anymore. And then two weeks later, Bethesda released the 90-day roadmap of all the DLC that will be coming out, some of it aesthetic, some of it story, some of it this, some of it that, but it doesn't excuse the fact that it's horseshit. And Anthem's going to go through the same thing. I'm calling it the Division 2 is going to go through the same thing. And every game's going to do that until people stop allowing it to happen. So what about, but what do you feel? How do you feel about, I know the role, the whole DLC stuff and the game not being complete pisses evil up. But, like, what do you feel about us playing the end of the game before we've even gotten a chance to play the real game? Uh, that I have no issue with, because those games are all based on... 
it's a simple principle of when you beat the game is when the game actually starts because end game is supposed to dictate when you have a genre like the division two, which is a looter shooter, like Anthem, which is a looter shooter. It's all about end game weapons, end game, this and that. So I have no issue with it because the whole point of those games is to grind and get to the end game so that you can continue the end game grind. So if you show it, I think that's where, people get this misconception though of uh, of these games though at times because when you make it out to say all right this is what happens when you get to the end of the game and i spoke about this in my last podcast talking about anthem people rushed through the game like it, you rush so much through the game like and you could tell people rush through the game and i don't know i don't think you listened to my last pod when i spoke about anthem did you uh no no, all right. So when you rush through the, a game, you're trying to get to. So when I listen to people's reviews of the early release of Anthem, no one talked about your upgrades. No one talked about all the different stuff and abilities you could do with your your javelins. No one talked about the combination moves, the gameplay. Some people said the world was ugly. Um, you most of the areas looked the same. How? How did you know? I did not. I did not witness any of that, but, but you know why I feel I didn't witness any of that is because I found time to enjoy the game. I wasn't thinking of it still to this day. I'm about to hit level 30. I'm like level 27 right now, but I'm glad that I had time to experience the game because I wasn't worrying about what the fuck's coming after I reached the end. And I feel that's the problem now that people are just prompt. These developers are promising this, massive end game and like you said the game that really starts once you beat the game well if you're just gonna rush to the end of the game you're gonna get bored quick because you just went through the the meat of the game to get to the ending where the ending is just basically a repetitive grind and there is no story until we're given dlc for you know so like i reached the end game now of anthem yes there's dlc coming out at the end of this month and next month and stuff but at the same time i felt if i got to the end in mad quick and then all i was doing now was replaying strongholds just looking for better weapons and weapons and weapons and and different um you know add-ons to my javelin then the fun was going to get taken out of the game for me which a lot of people that happened because one of course there was people that was playing it just to get to the end game fast. And I was pretty weirded out to see how much people could fucking reach to level 30 in just two days. You know, like how much of this game were you really paying attention to? You were obviously grinding through this game all night, all day to get to level 30 in just two days, just so you could go online and bitch about the end game. But you didn't talk at all. I promise you, if you go into any angry review about Anthem, None of those people are going to tell you the full-fledged version of that game. They're all going to tell you about bugs and, and, and what happened at the end game. They won't give you any details about anything else about that game. So that's that, my problem. You know? That may be the thing, but that's a product of the genre. The whole point of a looter shooter is to get to end game and get yourself the best gear. And, of course, everyone's going to have their own different thing. You're going to love the game for how you play it. People are going to want to rush through and get to end game and get whatever they want. And no one, no two people are ever going to agree on it. Some people may hate the grind but love the story. Some people may love the story but hate the grind to level 30. 
but it's a product of the genre. You can't release a game like that and expect people not to grind through it. And then when you reward them for the grind with absolutely nothing, of course you're going to get bad reviews. Who... The story of Anthem, I haven't. I, uh, I'll say it. I haven't personally played it. I I don't know what the story. I saw the very story cinematic trailer. I saw the the story in a game like Anthem, in a game like Borderlands, means absolutely nothing. Means nothing. The whole point of those games is get to your new game plus, get to your end game. Guess what? Now the game starts. Now get yourself your best armor. Get yourself your best guns. That's the whole point. There needs to be your DLC. There needs to be a reward for the grind. And Anthem unfortunately doesn't have it. They haven't they haven't provided anything. EA has done nothing to fix any of the issues of the game. Now they've done some stuff. We got the loot system that was just like fixed earlier, um, like a day or two ago, or maybe even three days ago, to get the right amount of loot for doing certain missions and stuff like that. Because there was like the loot was just mad sporadic in that game. I'll give it that. But back on topic, let's say if so E could get part be a part of this because he's not gonna really talk unless we make him talk. <laughs> you know. So um let's say E they announce El- the new Elder Scrolls and they say, hey, we're going to have a private beta for the new Elder Scrolls, but we're going to give you all the DLC to play through before this game is even released. Would you enjoy knowing what the future has it to hold before you even know what the hell you're getting into? Maybe, but at the same time, would I then want to buy the DLCs after hey. that? Mm-hmm. Like, I just already played them. Do I really want to, like, buy them? I don't know. It's 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 like getting a free sample of something that you then don't want to pay for after you've experienced it. Exactly. And it's so, like, that's why in the beta, I never went to try and be part of the end game early because I'm like, all right, I get to the end game now when the fucking game comes out. What the fuck am I going to really want to do? Because now my whole reason for playing has been diminished. You know, just like if you were to get that Elder Scroll DLC or if they told you, hey, once you reach level 100 of of Elder Scrolls, this is what's going to happen. We're going to let you play from level 100 right now. Are you going to have even more incentive to get there now that you know exactly what's going to happen once you reach the end of the game. Yeah, I don't know. You know, so that's 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 really my reason. I don't know how I could put this into fighting game terms to bear because I can't, you know, I'm trying to think with fighting games, it's just lo and behold fight. Yeah, no, I don't, and, yeah, I don't think uh, I don't think it translates to uh, to fighting games. You know, so yeah, I guess that's all we have to say about that. Unless you guys have anything else that you got anything else in the gaming world before we sign off that you guys wanted to bring up that we might have forgot to talk about. Um. Uh, oh, uh, rest in peace to my boy Reggie retiring. Oh yes, Reggie Fizeme. Yes, you know that's fucking yes. I said we were gonna talk about that shit too, but yes, Reggie Fizeme, a very, very iconic 
um, person in in Nintendo that um, we all know and love. And well, I don't want to say I love him. He's he's cool. He's cooler than um, Larry Herb because Larry Herb it just pisses me off every time he speaks or opens his mouth because to me. He is not a gamer. I, I need. I hope this Bowser guy that's replacing Reggie. I, I don't know if he's going to have the same charisma as Reggie had. I hope he does because Reggie at least had the charisma. I will never believe for a day that Reggie sits down for more than two hours on a game. I don't believe he, he's ever spent more than 30 minutes sitting down at a time on one game. And um, same thing goes for, well, Maybe unless he's trying one of the new games to talk about it on stage. But other than that, I, I really want more. Um, what's what's the damn? I'm lost for word words right now. Like I want to, I want to look through the through the glass and see what these these um people like Phil Spencer and Larry Herb and Reggie Fizeme what they do on their free time prove to be that you're actually a gamer. That's the thing. I just look at these guys as figureheads, and I know that they've done a good job doing their job. But for once, like, I need someone out there that makes me feel like he's actually a legit gamer. If Could I have a feeling? If we were to sit down at a table with Larry Herb, Reggie, Phil Spencer, and just talk about three random games that maybe – only a few of us played, and they're all and they're exclusive to each of their system. I bet you they can't even tell us half of it. You know, I, 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 I don't know. You know, real quick, I don't think. Uh, I don't think the. I think his name is Doug Bowser. I don't think he needs to come in and try to be another Reggie because you can't yeah, really replace that be. that kind yeah. of Reggie thing. Um, and I think you can't really. Uh, the, there's the whole that whole mentality of like these guys who are these figureheads of presidents of C, CEOs, presidents like Reggie and all them that the belief that they have to be a gamer to understand what it's like. And I don't think they necessarily have to. I think they have to have your like the saying goes like have your ear to the ground and know what your fans want and what they're saying. And I think Reggie personally did a very good job at that. He has that personality that you want for people to associate your company with. And Nintendo as a whole does a very good job at that. I mean, uh, Satoru Iwata is the perfect example. The man, he was he's the only CEO that I know that has taken two separate pay cuts to keep the company from firing people for the sole purpose of that it would ruin company morale. And that's the kind of person that you want. And Nintendo is very good at that. Sony and Microsoft, no. But Nintendo losing Reggie, I think, hurts. But I also think is not necessarily a bad thing. But uh, I don't know. I think Doug Bowser will do a great job. He seems like a very smart person. And I think it's just funny that Reggie's leaving the company in the hands of Bowser. I think that's the joke that's been going on all over since that video came out of him announcing his retirement. But... uh. No, I think uh, I think Reggie retiring. I I it hurts because he's been around for so long and he knows what it's like to have fun and he knows his fans and he has funs with his fans and all the events and everything that he goes to. Uh, but then like guys like Phil Spencer and all them, for lack of a better term, they're not there to prove to you that they are a gamer. They're there to show you what you want to see. And no, I know that, but imagine. If people that like 
say someone like me who's passionate about my damn gaze, if the amount of the energy I would come out with if I'm talking to you about things you want to hear and I know you want to hear because this is something I want to hear, not something that was written on a piece of paper and told me to say this as excited as you can. Yeah. I think uh, you you see that more, not at the the upper echelon levels of of the company or CEO of the company. You actually see that more in, from like indie developers and the people actually making the games. I think that's where yeah. that's where you see it more of these people want the product that they put out to be representative of the passion that they have for the industry and for the the things that they're making. So I think that is where you want your passionate person to be because your president of your American division, your president of your Japanese division is what they are. They're the president. They're there for a reason. They're there to make the decisions that need to be made. They're there to pay the people that need to be paid. But the gamer quote unquote of who's going to put that passion to work and create the things that they want people to enjoy. I think you're going to see that more in the studios that are hired to make the games and the guys starting those studios and the people who are really putting the hours in to make these games that you're hopefully going to like. Right. Got anything to add? E? No, I'm good. Jesus <laughs> Christ. <laughs> well, all right. So guys, thanks for joining. Um, until next week, uh, we'll see what else we have for you guys. Uh, thanks for tuning in. D E I'll talk to you guys later. Thank you very so, much. Man. Have a good, no have a good one. Yeah. <laughs>